Hey there, welcome to Road Snacks. This is Viviana, and today let's talk about the body positivity movement. <laughs> I am going to try to share with you 170 years of information and history in under five minutes. It never fails that when I'm recording podcast episodes, my neighbor decides to mow his lawn. So you, you'll just have to, you'll have to endure it. All right, so I don't have anything against the body positivity movement or even body positivity itself. I think what bothers me is that it, the movement originally was supposed to really protect a group of marginalized folks. And that's not really what happened. Uh, influencers took it over and models took it over. Uh, the type of representation that people were looking for didn't really happen. Uh, Target made t-shirts. <laughs> All right, I wanna take you back to the middle and late Victorian period. Uh, there was a dress reform movement and pretty much what happened is that there's these folks, these reformers that were like, listen, the bicycle was just invented. I, I wanna ride a bike, like fuck your beauty standards. Uh, I don't wanna have a waist that's 17 to 18 inches. Also, my corset is killing me, literally. Even doctors were like, hey, I have some concerns. Uh, corsets causes lung compression, disrupted digestion. Also women, you're losing your babies thanks to the corset. Women were boycotting the cage dresses. They couldn't do their gardening. So women, they tried, they really tried. There were, and it was like pockets of women and pockets of like this boycotting that was sort of happening, but it didn't catch because the women that wore bloomers with a dress over it and they, and they refused to wear the uh, cage dresses, they were ridiculed, they were denied service, they weren't allowed to go to restaurants, they were even like underground dress reform parlors in the bigger cities like Boston, New York City. And these women, they tried, they really tried. Then like in 1910, the corset really became obsolete and it was replaced with la faja. Faja is like what Spanish people call girdles. Um, so it was better, but it wasn't, it, it just, it just not quite yet. Let's fast forward to 1969. Young engineer uh, from New York, his name is Bill Fraber. I'm probably mispronouncing his name, so please don't, don't hate me. <laughs> He was really upset that his wife was being discriminated against, being um, mistreated because his wife, Joyce, lived in a fat body. So they and a few other people uh, created a group, which is today known as the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance, NAAFA. Around the same time, there's a group of feminists out in California that formed the Fat Underground. Also 1980s, there was the London Fat Women's Group. And then 1973, a group of women released the Fat Manifesto. And it was really the first time that diet culture was called out, like publicly, big time. But people saw it as radical thinking. Like, oh, like, how can you call out diet culture? Diet, like these diet companies are here to protect us. Uh, not, <laughs> we know that now. Body positivity, it's coming up. Just bear with me. All right. So the NAAFA now talking about uh, fat acceptance, it, it seemed like society was heading towards the right direction, except, except there's just like a little, you know, just something that they weren't doing. They, they, they were shutting out the voices of other marginalized groups. And there were other groups who were like, hey, listen, we're demanding equal rights for all fat bodies, not just white fat bodies. All right, so 80s and 90s, these organizations are challenging beauty standards, but they are leaving out a majority group of other marginalized bodies. They're just not like, they're not given a voice. All right, the time has come. It is early 2000s. We have the body positivity movement. We have plus size models. And now people are like, fuck 
Yeah, we have a voice. We're going to tell our stories. No, no, it's not, not, not yet. All right. We start to see plus size models. Cool, cool. But they're being still being photoshopped. And also the plus size model, you had to be a certain size. Can't be having all the chichos. You know, corporations did not like that. Chichos are love handles. All right. Then we have Tess Holiday. She creates the hashtag F your beauty standards. There's a 2013 campaign of accepting all body shapes and sizes, no matter how big or small. And I don't know if this is where it starts to break down, but this is what ended up happening to the body positivity movement or the hashtag body positivity. Body positivity was then dominated by slimmer, white, straight-sized women with no issues of getting a job. They weren't discriminated against. Uh, They had no difficulty buying clothes. Some will say what body positivity movement, what it could have been was essentially it was hijacked. But things were still rotting because then you had stuff that was still happening. Like Martha Wash, she had her voice stolen. MTV was like refusing to show any large body. You had skinny jeans, Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh my gosh, the list goes on and on. 2000s, I feel like was so toxic. Fast forward to present time and I still see the term body positivity thrown around, but often it goes hand in hand with self-love and the self-care industry, which by the way, do some research on the self-care industry. It's just as toxic as the diet industry. People are feeling this immense amount of pressure of having to accept themselves and love themselves all the time, no matter what. And with the fitness industry being so unregulated, because I see this also in the fitness industry, like you must love your body. Like here are my before and after photos, (laughs) but you must love your body. Um, And I think folks throw that term around body positivity and they just don't know where it came from. And one last thing before I go, because this has come up and people have asked me questions about this. And this is just my opinion. I'm just kind of like putting this out there, just something to think about. A few of you had said, well, Viv, what was wrong with smaller bodies being a part of the body positivity movement? There are people that really don't feel good in their bodies. And here's the thing. These groups that were created in the 70s, it, it, it was they were created not to just talk about the lack of self-confidence. They were talking about issues related to oppression people losing their jobs, people not receiving proper uh, medical care, people receiving death threats for just existing in their bodies. There's so many layers to this topic and uh, definitions that also need to be kind of teased out because people still confuse things like body liberation and body positivity, being body neutral. Uh, So do your research, do your homework. I will leave you some articles if you want to read more about this. Also, I didn't mention in this podcast episode, Johnny Tillman, who is a welfare civil rights activist, I believe. Um, Anyway, but if you want to learn more about this and if you find it interesting, just go in the episode notes and I'll leave you some stuff there. All right, friends. Adios. Take your vitamins. Be a kind human being and see you later.